This episode of The Daily Observations is sponsored by ZocDoc. Find a top-rated doctor today at Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com slash T-D-O. Searching for answers in a conversational way. This is the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast for Friday, the 10th of February, 2023. I am your host, Ken Ray, joined today by a great guest and a longtime friend, Tom Merritt. You know Tom from Tech TV, from CNET, from the Daily Tech News Show, from years of covering tech from all angles. When he was on this show to wrap up 2022, He said that the biggest story of the year, in his opinion, was the arrival of generative AI, specifically text and image generators. Just about a month and a half later, AI talk is even stronger and shows no sign of slowing. So I asked Tom back, he agreed, and we were on our way. All right, let's just start at the basics. Can you outline for us, please, what Google and Microsoft announced earlier this week? Sure. Um, at the very base, what Microsoft announced is that they're slowly rolling out uh, that you can get on a wait list for a version of OpenAI's technology that Microsoft is calling Prometheus uh, integrated in their Bing search engine and the Edge web browser. On the Bing search engine, it's kind of like a sidebar where you can ask it questions and it will give you an answer just like a chat GPT would uh, along with search results. So it kind of complements each other. The browser was the one I found a little more compelling, which is you're on a web page. You can ask the the chat, the Prometheus thing, uh, something about the web page you're looking at. And because of context, it'll know what you mean. They demonstrated the looking at like a, an earnings page and say, can you compare this to another company? And it was able to, without taking you off that page, go get the information about the other company, create an answer, put it in a table for you, et cetera. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a beta they have already acknowledged up front, like this is going to give wrong answers sometimes. So if you're joining the wait list and getting in here, you're helping us improve it. You know, don't don't be upset that it that it's wrong. Tell mm-hmm. us when it's wrong, because that's how we want to improve it. That's Microsoft. Google has something they call Bard, uh, B-A-R-D, which is a chat GPT like uh, system. And Google is going to start rolling that out. Uh, to they apparently starting with trusted testers and then the public over the next couple of weeks into the Google search engine and into the Google search apps uh, as a again sort of a sidebar that can give you a little extra information about the search but the search results uh, still show up underneath it the big thing they emphasized is they would never give you one answer they want to do something they call no one right answer or Nora. Um, which is also the name of my niece. Uh, And it is a way to defend themselves against that wrong answer thing. It's like, we're giving you options. We're giving you things to look at. Uh, Bringing a bit of snark, Daring Fireball's John Gruber seems to think that Google's kind of on the back foot here, uh, that while Google is talking, Microsoft is delivering. Uh, I mean, it sort of feels like everybody's actually, we're talking first, second. I mean, everybody's in the race, but uh, just address, if you would, uh, Gruber's thoughts there. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I totally get why he says that. And it, it certainly is true for the moment. I'm not sure how much it will matter down the road. Uh, Google is the company that invented the transformer. <laughs> That's the T in GPT. Hmm. Uh, it, a lot of the community that works on this stuff talks to each other outside of their company boundaries. So these technologies are very similar. I'm sure there are edges if you're in the community that you can say, well, that one's really much better at that one, but this one might be a little better at that. Uh, and I think eventually that's where we're going to end up is, oh, Google's Bard is really good at this, but Microsoft's Prometheus Bing thing is really good at this, but ChatGPT is actually still better at, at X, and it's going to be that kind of compare and contrast who can get better at more things that people want to use it for first. Hmm. Being Apple-centric as I am, I'm wondering where Apple is in all of this. I actually had somebody hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn chat, which almost never happens. Usually it's an ad. But somebody actually hit me up on LinkedIn asking, will Apple jump in on the Me Too bandwagon of pseudo chat GPT or self-branded as Google and Microsoft have done this week? Or is Apple heads down concentrating on the new AR thing? I have thoughts. I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, though. Yeah. So I think when, when people think Apple and AI, pro probably Siri is one of the first things uh, to, to come to light, right? Mm -hmm. Uh they they bought Siri and were able to then turn it into a pretty decent product. Mm -hmm. However, they haven't kept it in the lead. Um, Apple is holding its AI summit, uh, which is an internal event for yeah. employees. So they certainly are working on more AI. If I had to venture a guess, and it is absolutely a guess, where Apple is, is either they've acquired something that no one realizes they acquired or they're in the process of looking to acquire something that will give them that next step up. Um, you, you, you think of Apple as inventing things, but they acquired the company that led to the iPod. They acquired PA Semi, which was one of the companies that led to Apple Silicon. Uh, and it's usually a combination of, of Apple internal genius and a smart acquisition that leads to a lot of these big advances. So I keep my eyes out for Apple, either them revealing they acquired something we didn't realize or acquiring something in the AI space. Yeah, you see, my feeling is it's pieces and parts. Like, we keep mm. hearing that they bought, you know, they buy like 10, 11, 12 companies a year, something like that. I can't remember the last time we actually heard a number there. But a lot of the acquisitions are said to be in artificial intelligence, but none of them are, we're buying ChatGPT or we're buying, you know, yeah. th this powerhouse in this. They're I mean, usually related to augmented reality or automotive. Well, that's interesting. See, because I've heard that there is a lot of stuff around AI as well. I will tell yeah, that, you. It's AI stuff, but it's it's like you, a lot of times their AI stuff is like, oh, that must be for their autonomous car. Maybe it's not. See, that's the thing because we, we, like, we all have our eyes on the headset or the automobile. My feeling has always been what Apple is looking to do. And just like you said, this is based on nothing except my gut. Mm -hmm. My feeling has always been that Apple is looking to make Siri so smart that you don't even think about, you know, where you're getting the information. You're just saying, sure. hey, what's this thing? And you're getting it. Like, I cannot see Apple having AppleSearch.com or anything along those lines. I think if we're getting answers from Apple, 
we're getting it just by speaking it to the air and getting it back. And maybe it's going to say, hey, go to this website, or I just send it to your phone or something like that, if it's something that wouldn't make sense to explain. It's, it's interesting to me because you're saying, you know, you might one day say, well, Google's is better at this, but Microsoft's is better at that, and ChatGPT really trumps them all. I mean, all this has to be going towards assistance, doesn't it? Not when I sit down to my computer to look something up. I mean, it's got to be more like, yeah, yeah, I had a question, so I asked, not so I went and asked X, Y, Z. Yeah. I, I wonder if it goes beyond that, if it just becomes its own thing. Uh, you know, the way Siri has become its own, we don't think of Siri as an assistant the way we do Amazon Echoes or, or Google Homes. We think of Siri as just a presence. Hmm. So I really like what you're saying about maybe Apple's plan is just suddenly you realize like, oh, yeah, I just ask my phone everything. Right. And yeah. And so, yeah, may, maybe t it, it's not about going somewhere to ask. It's that the thing you rely on is always there. I still think there's a brand loyalty the way we use browsers. There will be like, oh, I, I always ask Apple or I always ask Microsoft or I always ask Google, whatever their names of their things end up being. Um, mm. I, I, you know, but but it could it could be because you're using the device. I don't know. More of my conversation with Tom Merritt in a moment. But first, a word from today's sponsor, ZocDoc. I know how to make paper. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to make money. No, I mean, I actually know how to make paper. I know how to repair some fountain pens. I know how to edit audio. For medical advice, I don't know anything. And unless your friends are doctors, they are also the worst people to ask about medical stuff. No, for medical advice, you want a doctor. And if you want or need a doctor, consider ZocDoc. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend, but give you the expert care you need. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. But ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you with the right doctor for you. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who fits their needs, fits their schedule, and is reviewed by people just like you. Go to ZocDoc dot com slash tdo and download the zocdoc app for free then start your search for a top rated doctor today many are available within 24 hours that's z-o-c-d-o-c -O -C -O -C dot com slash tdo zocdoc dot com slash tdo Back now with Tom Merritt. Uh, do me a favor. Tell people where you want people to find you. I mean, I know there's Daily Tech News Show. I know there's Good Day Internet. Uh, what's the best place to find everything Tom Merritt all the time? 
Well, TomMerritt.com, two R's, two T's, uh, collects everything together. But really, if you're into technology, DailyTechNewsShow.com is the wellspring. It's the majority of what I do. Bit of a tangent here. Has there been any advent in technology that had the general public kind of freaked out at the start uh, that Tom Merritt was also freaked out at the start? Because I tend to think of you as fairly optimistic. Like, I know there have been times where I've been like, so I'm kind of worried about this thing. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, books. Or you, know, you, go, you go, like, you know, way back and say, here's but why not. 16th century historical illusion. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. has, there, has there been a thing that everybody was freaked out about that you were like, yeah, me too? Or are you always sort I'm of uh, optimistic sure about was. this stuff? I I have trained myself over the years to to not freak out because it is it I am not unusual in that it is you know my temptation to be like oh no what's that going to do <laughs> and my way of coping is to be like well it's it's usually not as bad as it looks uh let's test it let's see mm-hmm. uh I, yeah probably in the 90s is when you know I absolutely thought Microsoft was awful and everything they did was the worst yeah. uh, as I used Windows 95 every single day. <laughs> uh, I thought graphical web was going to ruin the web. It's just going to plaster it with advertising. You can argue maybe that 25-year-old me wasn't too far off. Uh, but I think the graphical web has also brought a lot of good things that I didn't anticipate. But but yeah, I'd, I'd have to reach that far back uh, to come up with examples, I think. I'll tell you what's funny. In uh, 2000, I think it was, I asked Charlie Cooper, should we not ask whether it's a good idea to put all this military stuff online? <laughs> like on connected computers. And he was like, yeah, but we are (laughs) (laughs) like, Oh, well I feel better. All right. So I I asked that question because I'm wondering a few things about uh, the the topic we're discussing today. I'm wondering what changes in behavior we might see for the end user. Once search becomes intertwined, let's say uh, with AI in in more of a conversational way than it has been at this point. So I guess I'm, I kind of break it down into two parts. What changes might we see and what changes might be required on the end user side? Yeah, I think a change you will definitely see is uh, – <laughs> let me back up for a second. We were joking uh, on Good Day Internet the other day about how kids these days don't know Boolean logic because they didn't need it for Google uh, the way we did for AltaVista, you know, putting in a plus sign and parentheses <laughs> and all of that. Uh, and I think I think we'll see that. I think it's it's quite possible that search results themselves just become – something that is tacked on as almost like citations to the end of an answer. Uh, and maybe they're more prominent for certain queries that really are just like, you know, show me all the pages out there that talk about Sri Lanka. Uh, but in some cases, when you want a summary, you're just going to get the summary mm-hmm. for a while. We're going to have to learn another skill of knowing how to tell if something is accurate and and how to double check if something is is right or not and not rely on these tools uh entirely which is true of search right now mm-hmm. um but but yeah i think i think we're going to change we're going to have to change the way we form our queries and it's also going to let us ask things that 
were useless to ask in the past. So we'll, we'll be freed to to sort of con- construct queries that that you don't have to think about. Okay, how do I say this for the search engine? Which which is a skill I know a lot of us have developed, and and that skill will no longer be needed. Yeah, I hate to say that I'm worried, but um, I'm. <sighs> I'm worried about how this looks in five years or, you know, five months. (laughs) Kind of what you were talking about. I mean, if you go to Google now and type in a search, the first few results are promoted, right? Mm -hmm. I doubt that that's going to change with more natural language interaction as we go. Now, even though like some things are going to be on this side right now and some things are going to be on this side, I would imagine the conversational thing, and again, it's just imagining, but I would imagine the conversational thing or the more natural thing kind of takes over. My worry is that we could end up with a, well, just like what you were talking about, a less search literate user base uh, based on how easy and natural, uh, how natural seeming uh, the whole thing is. I think this is going to be a bigger problem for Google than Bing simply because because people use Google. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, And because people use Google, Google has wrapped up the majority of its money in selling ads to people. Mm -hmm. And the better user experience on this is not going to be related to sponsored results, not going to be related to ads. And so the same thing is going to happen to Google that has happened to IBM and Microsoft itself and others before, which is your dominant business model has just been (laughs) subverted. You don't need to sell mainframes to people anymore uh, because there's a personal computer you don't need to sell ads uh to people on search results anymore because they can just get the answer they don't have to wade through things mm-hmm. uh and and microsoft very smartly under satya nadella has positioned cloud and azure as its cash cow and this kind of situation is good for that because if you're like ooh, that that engine on Bing is really good. I'd like to have one for, for my company, for my organization. Um, Microsoft can immediately go like, great, yeah, we host that in Azure. Here, here's a front end. Bing, it's yours. Bing. I saw what you did there. <laughs> Thank here's you. the question I have, though. So, like, as these things are presented more conversationally, let's go back to my Siri example for, you know, for a minute, the one that I was talking about uh, before the break. Like, let's say I'm just now in the process or, or, or it is – Typical of me to just say, hey, you're see, shouldn't have done that because now everybody's like, what? Wait, oh, no. Hey, you, I might say, instead of mm-hmm. what I just said accidentally a minute ago, uh, and then ask my question. I mean, Apple's assistant does not come back with sponsored uh, results, at least not as far as we know, and at least not yet. Mm-hmm. If I ask Google, if I ask Bing, if I ask somebody else, they do come back with sponsored results. But as this becomes more conversational, will the conversation be, well, here's what somebody has paid me to tell you first, and then here's other stuff. I mean, yeah, is there a way that that sort of gets lost? I can't wait for that controversy. That That's definitely coming. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think it's it's going to be fatal because it will be noticed and, mm-hmm. and people will call it out and it will be, you know, driven from, from, from the village grounds with fire. Uh, but it's, it's somebody's going to try that. Uh, and I don't think it'll be Microsoft. I could be wrong. Uh, but Microsoft has an incentive to make you want to trust it and use it. Uh, yeah. Whereas Google has an incentive to protect its current revenue stream. Right. So to me, it seems more likely that Google would would try something like that. Uh, and and I really have to say Microsoft's details, while not 
entirely open, but their details of here's how we're we're approaching safety uh, were much better than what Google said about Bard, which was more closely held to the vest. And I think that's why, because they have some things they want to do that they are afraid they'll tip their hand if they talk about too much. Do you listen to BBC podcasts at all? Uh, BBC Sounds. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I listen to a couple. I listen to the BBC uh, uh, World News or World Service. I can't remember which one. But every one of their podcasts starts off by saying BBC podcasts are supported by advertising. Yeah, outside and, of the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then if they play like a little like musical stab, you know you're coming into an ad. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, they still have that thing, but then it just goes straight into the news if they happen to not have an advertiser that day. So maybe maybe your audio response will be, you know, if you hear the horns, well then then I'm I'm being paid to tell you this. But if you don't hear the horns, uh, unless of course it's the rapture, in which case it, it, the horns could be about something else. I got one more question for you before we go. Sure. Five years ago, for about twenty five minutes, everything everything was blockchain. Uh, 25 years ago, everything was VR. Uh, similarities include capturing the public's attention, a belief that, you know, this was it. Either we were there or we were going to be there soon. And then burnout in terms of those terms, if not on the tech itself. Uh, so the AI stuff that we are talking about today, is this it or is this it for now? I... If I have to guess, and I don't have inside information yeah, or anything on this, but uh, blockchain was more like Linux. There was something there. You weren't quite sure exactly what it was good for, but it was good at so many things that it had so many possibilities. Gosh, it, it must be good for something, and it probably will be. And, and Linux, as, a, as an open source operating system, was exactly that. Everybody's like, when's Linux going to come to the desktop? And it turned out that's not really what Linux was best at. And blockchain, I feel the same way about. Like, it's good at some things, but I don't know if we figured out what it's best at. ChatGPT is really good at what you see it do. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with it, I think, is we're going to get used to that. The The impressiveness of the fact that it can string together comprehensive sentences that really do pertain to what you say uh, is going to wear off. We're going to get used to it. We're going to take it for granted. That's what we do as humans. And what we're going to start doing is complaining about how it doesn't do everything as well as we want. <laughs> Uh, and to me, that's a sign of a successful product. So I, I really do feel like the next version of GPT 3.5, which would be GPT 4, uh, is going to be steps better than this. The The way this stuff goes, it gets it gets better the more data you throw at it. And the last uh, frontier of data to throw at it is usage at a, at scale, which is is what we're doing right now. Uh, and then I think we're going to hit a bit of a plateau for a while because there won't be any more data. You will have trained it on almost as much data as you can possibly give it. And usage will be as high as you can possibly make it. And then we'll hit that wall and say like, OK, so it's really good at X, but it's not perfect. Um, and, and so, yeah, and that in that way, it feels a little more like chat GPT feels a little more like the smartphone. Uh, and and the touchscreen than than it does like VR or the blockchain. Thanks again to Tom Merritt for joining us today. Don't forget you can keep up with what he is doing either at his own website, Tom Merritt, two R's, two T's, TomMerritt.com or at DailyTechNewsShow.com. 
If you have a question or comment that you want to send our way, we would certainly love to hear from you. Our email address is observations at macobserver.com. Observations at macobserver.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We are at TMO Daily there. If you want to comment on the stuff I do for the Mac Observer, that would be neat. Both the Daily Observations podcast and the Observation Deck hit macobserver.com Monday through Friday. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media. Online at backbeatmedia.com. The Daily Observations is a production of the Mac Observer. From the latest news to how-tos, your source for Apple news is macobserver.com. Observer.com.